when you are making sure that you are inclusive in your supply chain and that you are using the maximum available resources of the supply, you know, of the suppliers that can support your business, whether it's for your growth, whether it's for your innovation, whether it's for your sustainability, whether it's for your risk management. You know, if you're if you're being broad minded and flexible and inclusive as far as that's concerned, that's really going to help benefit your business. You're listening to Transform Talks, a podcast about global supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, co-founder and CEO of Future Insights Network, a fast-growing network of over 130,000 supply chain and manufacturing executives worldwide. Now on this show, I'm going to be interviewing and having conversations with some of the biggest names in supply chain and business, where we're going to be discussing topics around digitization, transformation, leadership, technology, business models, diversity, sustainability, and much, much more. Welcome back to Transform Talks. In today's episode, I get to sit down with Aisha Simmons, who's the Senior Director, Supplier Diversity and Global Project Management at Colgate Palmolive. It's one of the world's leading global consumer products companies, if you haven't heard. All in all, Aisha has worked for Colgate for 15 years, and during that time, she's held several leadership roles in global project management, as well as global and regional packaging engineering roles within global supply chain. Her current role sees her lead the development and implementation of strategies to enable the success of diverse owned businesses and deliver a world-class Colgate supplier diversity program. Now, as regular listeners will know, diversity is a subject that we've covered regularly on Transform Talks. And with that in mind, we wanted to take a different approach this time around and explore how a large corporation is tackling the topic of diversity and what better company to analyze than Colgate Palmolive a company that has ESG and DEI initiatives at the very heart of its organization. During this episode, Aisha and I discuss Colgate Palmolive's supplier diversity transformation program, how to balance supplier diversity with the company's wider corporate goals, and the best way to nurture supplier relationships. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Aisha. Welcome to Transform Talks. Hi, how are you? Glad to be here. I'm good. Thank you very much. Um, I always do like to talk to someone who has something in common with me, apart from uh, being in the supply chain industry. But the fact that you and I both went to high school in Miami, which is uh, pretty amazing, representing, you know, Miami here. Uh, So um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me tell me how you ended up in this world of from a high school, you know, girl in Miami to ending up in Colgate. Yeah. So originally I actually, um, most of my childhood was spent in New York, but the last uh, portion of my childhood, I would say uh, I I went to high school in Miami, was there for four years. And it was while I was in Miami that I was able to nurture my love of science and math and, you know, got to participate in a lot of different programs in that area. And that just continued, you know, to kind of fuel me in terms of the direction that I wanted to go in for college. So uh, when it came time for me to select uh, what major or what area that I wanted to concentrate on, I was thinking chemistry because I loved, you know, my chemistry class and my um, high school professor at the time, you know, he had asked me to kind of explore beyond just chemistry to, to, to look at other majors. And so I went to the guidance counselor, she gave me some books, she sent me to the library, and I discovered chemical engineering. And 
I also then had the opportunity to participate in some uh, summer engineering programs that kind of like introduced you to what engineering is. And that that made me realize that that was something that, you know, not only uh, that I would like to do, but something that, you know, I felt that I could do. So uh, it was it, it was really in Carroll City that I really got to continue to nurture my love of math and science. You know, it's pretty amazing because as women, and I mean, I'm going back to my experiences of growing up in school in Miami, I was really strong in math and science as well, but I don't remember being pushed much into that direction or being, uh, I don't know, supported, I guess. You know, I did the usual AP classes, physics and chemistry and, and, and all that, but, you know, it's a question I like to ask people how they ended up in, in supply chain. So it's it's important to to hear your story and also to find out whether you think there are more women now going into STEM and, and you think we're getting better at supporting women in STEM. I think there are definitely more women uh, going into STEM and, and that's actually, you know, a big passion of mine. And when I, you know, am involved in recruiting, whether it's for, you know, positions that, you know, are open on my team or whether it's just for positions in general, like, you know, because Colgate has like a, a summer internship program, I am always um, pleasantly surprised to see that there's a nice distribution of women that are still, you know, pursuing areas in the STEM, whether it's engineering or whether it's supply chain management or, or, or other things like that. So that's, that, that, that is actually encouraging, but I'm also particularly um, dialed into like, you know, how many women of color am I encountering? Um, because I think that's still an area that needs some attention. I know when I started out as an engineer, it's funny, you could tell from the building, you know, the School of Engineering building uh, at Howard, our chemical engineering wing was one of the newer wings. So we actually had like women bathrooms that were on each floor. In the older engineering building, you could tell that they had retrofitted men's bathrooms to be women's bathrooms and you still had to go like every other floor to get to a woman's bathroom if you had a class in the older engineering building and i actually saw this in other schools you know um that i visited so it just goes to show you how it was just so um male centric and then when they started you know women started entering the program they had to actually have some space for women to actually you know uh, take care of a biological the basics yeah exactly yeah the basics <laughs> exactly and, 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 you know, like it's the little things, right? And so we, we talk a lot about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and uh, it's great to bring on people. But like you say, if you don't make it comfortable and take care of basic needs, uh, it's what's the point, right? So I want to I wanna talk to you again, following on on this theme, about your supplier diversity transformation program. I mean, this, this podcast is all about transform talks and how we, you know, we're transforming things. So this program, tell me a little bit about it and what are the, some of the things that you've seen in this? So I came into this role, this is my third year in, in, in this role, and I came in right at the very end of 2020. And a couple of things happened at Colgate. So we've had a supplier diversity program, you know, it dates back over two decades. But the, we had an opportunity in 2020 when we launched our global uh, DEI strategy and supplier diversity was a pillar in that strategy to really elevate the presence of, of supplier diversity within the organization 
and to also take it to another level. So that's where the transformation comes in. So when I came into this role, one of the first things that I was asked to do was to map out a strategy for our supplier diversity program that would take us out to 2025 and to have a strategy that was really going to take us to another level. And so we chose to focus our strategy on enabling the success of diverse um, businesses. And, you know, we have some key goals that, that, that we're using that allows us to do that. Of course, we have a spend goal um, associated with that. But we also have some goals around how we are um, interacting with our strategic suppliers to drive uh, diversity down into their supply chains and networks. We also have some goals around developing and supporting uh, diverse suppliers. And then we also have goals around taking our program, which in those two decades have been primarily a US-focused program, to now have it be a global-focused program. And you know, starting with women-owned businesses, but also expanding out to the diversity classifications that are meaningful within the countries that you know we want to put the program in. You just took the question right out of my mouth, which was going to be, what are the nuances of taking this global? Uh, because you know, okay, it's been around, and Colgate is a very large Colgate Palmolive, a very large organization. So I imagine when you talk about the suppliers and the suppliers' suppliers and their supply chain. I mean, that that is one complex beast, if I do say so myself. So to, what's it been like? It's actually been a really educational journey for us. And talking with other peers uh, in the industry who are doing something similar, you know, they're going through that education process as well. And it's it's an internal education as well as an external education. You know, because we are a global company and because, you know, we have suppliers all around the world, you know, the first thing that we wanted to do was really understand what, who are the diverse suppliers that are part of our supply chain network in other parts of the world? And how is diversity defined within that part of the world, whether in that region or in that country? And then also, you know, where, where are some of the real opportunities uh, for us to expand our program as we look at diversity. So in order to help do that at Colgate, we enlisted the support of champions. And we use champions in a lot of different areas and a lot of different global programs and strategies because that allows us to utilize the people who are closest to the work. You know, we call that the people on the ground and, you know, utilize their expertise and knowledge, but also tie that into you know, a kind of a centralized program uh, and, and operation. So first thing we did was identify champions in areas that, you know, we wanted to learn more about. And those champions, you know, were given some education uh, in terms of what supplier diversity is and how to go about learning more about it. And they were just kind of given free reign to explore supplier diversity in their area, to come back and help us understand how diversity is defined who are some of the partners that we could work with, like advocacy agencies that you know we would need to partner with because we have a lot of partnerships here in the U.S. and those partnerships would be uh, useful around the globe. And then delving into our, our supply chain and using those definitions to help identify diverse suppliers that we may already be doing business with, and you know utilize that information 
to kind of do a mapping of where not only our spend is, but also where the opportunity is and use that to kind of really come up with a plan. So we're in, you know, we're about two years into this information gathering and really putting this information together. And the hope is, and the plan is, is that starting in 2024, we'll really start to be able to map out, you know, our future strategy at global in terms of how we want to roll out our, our, um, global program. But one of the things that we definitely did find out is that there are actually quite a few suppliers, whether they're women-owned businesses or um, ethnic minority businesses that uh, we are already engaging with. And actually some of them we already have longstanding partnerships with. So that was a nice education and a nice surprise as part of our education. I'm, I'm going to take a couple things here because you said, you said quite a lot and no doubt, I mean, it's a huge project and it's an important one. The first thing that I really loved about what you said was that you're not going into other countries imposing our own or your own definition of what diversity means. That's a big thing. That's you can't underscore uh, underplay that part. You know, who who are we to say what it's like in one particular country? So I really love that. Uh, I'm originally from Latin America. I've seen many American companies come in and say, "Hey, this is the definition and there you go, you must adopt it." So to actually hear that this has been approached from an empathetic perspective is really, really, uh, well, just fascinating. And more importantly, I really love it and appreciate it. The second thing that you said there is, again, going to the piece about data, right? You you were already probably, for all you know, from an information gathering perspective, such a worthwhile exercise that you may already be working with companies that fit a particular diversity tick box, as it were. And I think that that's brilliant as well, that, that you're able to, let's, let's analyze and look at what we're actually doing today and then support them and see what's happening within their supply chains. So yeah, I mean, this is a complex project, but I think that it, I must stop and say that, which is that I think that that's a very important way to look at it and, I, and you should be applauded for that. I wanna now put on a cynical hat, okay? Because let's, you know, no doubt there'll be people here saying, okay, great, yes, diversity. Like I said, ticks the box, yay. What's the benefit of this? You know, what's the benefit? Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the things that um, when I came into this role, and one of the things that really attracted me to supplier diversity is not, like from the very beginning, my thought process was that this is a way of supporting our overall strategic objectives, which is driving growth for our company. So this is not a, oh, we're going to just do this because this is the nice thing to do, or this is the right thing to do. You know, we are, you know, a, you know, we're part of a capitalist, you know, economy, you know, we are, you know, first and foremost, a business that is, you know, um, driving profits and, and revenues. And, when you are making sure that you are inclusive in your supply chain and that you are using the maximum available resources of the supply, you know, of the suppliers that can support your business, whether it's for your growth, whether it's for your innovation, whether it's for your sustainability, whether it's for your risk management, you know, if you're if you're being broad-minded and flexible and inclusive as far as that's concerned, that's really going to help benefit your business. So that's how my approach has been um, in terms of looking at it from a strategy standpoint and making sure that we are tying the program that we're doing to our business strategies. So whether 
It is to, you know, the global DEI strategy that I mentioned. It's also tied into our sustainability strategy, but most importantly, it's tied into our overall corporate strategy of how we're going to drive growth and meet the expectations of our shareholders and our constituents. And, and you know what? That's that's the right way to approach it because, uh, like, look, it's a, we know it's the right thing to do, uh, DE&I, sustainability, et cetera. But like you said, we're in a capitalist world, and these businesses are in business to make money and to drive shareholder value and profit and what have you. But it is good business, right? I mean, you joined this program. You said 2020, and I kind of smiled and thought, well, that was an interesting year for everyone and for you to jump and j go go into this program. That must have been a whole separate story on its own. But the world is, has been going through quite a lot, right? So I'm going to go back to a word you used earlier, which is the opportunity. So w what opportunities are you seeing that you can share with us with regards to embracing this kind of activity on a global scale? So I think the opportunities are, you know, twofold. One, it's an opportunity to educate all of the employees within Colgate to understand who is in our supply base and how the diversity that is in our supply base, as well as the opportunity to increase the diversity in the supply base, is a way of getting your, you know, getting your goals done, getting your needs met in terms of solutions that you're needing you know, to push your objectives or your businesses um, uh, forward. So, you know, that's that's really what we've been focused on, in, you know, in driving forward this program and what uh, the champions who have been enlisted, you know, they've also been pushing forward that as well. So it's really an opportunity for not only the broader Colgate world to get educated, but then when you look outside of Colgate, there's also that opportunity to continue to push and advocate for that diversity and what what the diverse suppliers bring overall to the market and how through their unique solutions or the value that they bring you know th th there's a contribution that they're making and and i think that's important for everyone to, to understand well and as as the definition of insanity says right it's it's repeat doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result right so we're in a different world so we got to try different things and if that means giving voice and opinions and working with people that we've not worked with before or perhaps have been a silent voice, maybe that's the way to carve out the future that we want to see, right? So what's next for the diversity program? What's next for you? What are what are the goals? What are the ambitions? Yeah, so I, I think what's next for the program is really where we started this year. And where we started this year is really, you know, how are we going to embed supplier diversity within our organization? How are we really going to make it penetrate down through the organization? Because when I first started in this role, as I said, you know, we had a we had a strong program, but it was if you were outside of procurement or outside of supply chain, you really didn't know that our supplier uh, diversity program existed. So there was a real opportunity to embed that in our organization. So one of the things that we did this year is kick off and launch our Supplier Diversity Advisory Board, which is made up of senior executives. And that has been like one of the one of the better experiences that I've had like leading programs and really driving change in an organization because hearing the insights and hearing the perspectives of these leaders and then taking those insights 
and their sponsorship of certain ideas and driving that down through the organization has really, I believe that's really given our program velocity. And with that velocity, I'm really excited about the momentum that our program is now getting. So, you know, we're pushing this forward. And as, you know, every meeting that we have, you know, there's like a long list of opportunities to go after and we're, you know, giving that out to the team and they're pushing things forward. And so, you know, like I said, I, I'm really excited about the velocity and the momentum that that has given our program. And I think the next, you know, between now and, you know, our, uh, our 2025, when we look and see how our program has advanced, we're going to be really happy and very pleased to see of all the progress that we've made. And then it'll be time for us to set 2030 goals. <laughs> I love it. Never stop. Never no, you stop. can't stop. You can't stop. <laughs> no, and absolutely not. I mean, you know, but given the way that the pace of, of technological change, the pace of the world changing, it's you've got to keep it like that. Absolutely. So we've reached the end of our segment, and I want to ask you a question that I ask everybody else on on the show, which is, think of a book that that has had an impact on your life, whether it's personal or professional, and see if you could recommend something. Well, one book that I actually recommend a lot, um, I do a lot of coaching and mentoring, you know, just giving back and, and, and sharing of, you know, my career journey and, 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 and just, you know, how I arrived to be the leader that I am today. And so one of the books that I use a lot, and I, I found it very helpful, and I've gotten good feedback from others, it's a book called How Women Rise. And it was um, written by Sally Halgerin. I believe I'm pronouncing her name correctly. What I love about this book is that she talks about things that you hear, you know, very similar topics when you, if you go to any leadership um, course or seminar, but she gives a unique perspective on how females approach and some of the traps that as females we find ourselves in that can be limiting factors that keep us from rising forward in the organization. So it's a really good book from that perspective. And I really go back to it often and kind of refer to it and read and, and see how things, how some of the things that I put into practice, you know, ha have evolved and some areas where I'm like, okay, yeah, I need to continue working on that uh, sort of thing. I love it. I love the kind of book that you can dip in and out of, right. You know, that you keep going back those timeless books. Aisha, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you sharing the story and I, and I want to know what's going on. You know, we're, I'm going to touch base with you in a, in a couple years time to find out what's been happening with this. Uh, so thanks so much for sharing your story on Transform Talks. Thank you so much. And I'll, I look forward to having the opportunity to speak again and tell you how things have progressed. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. I do hope you gained some valuable insight from this week's episode. To stay up to date with the latest developments, be sure to follow us on LinkedIn at Transform Talks. Also, if you don't already follow me on LinkedIn, please do so now. I'm always keen to connect with supply chain and business leaders from around the world. You can find me by searching for Maria P. Villablanca. And if you're lucky, I may let you know what the P in my name stands for. In the meantime, wishing you a great week ahead. And as always, for those of you listening, I'll catch you at the next one.